fats, you're not gonna absorb fats, and obviously fats are a very calorie-dense food, and if you're not absorbing them, it's gonna decrease your overall caloric intake, um, and patients are gonna be able to eat more, feel fuller longer, while not absorbing a lot of the fat content. However, they're not necessarily encouraged to eat fatty foods while they're on the medication, because then they're gonna have uh, steatorrhea, abdominal pain, bloating, so really how the medication works is the patients learn not to eat those foods because it gives them bad GI side effects, so they usually modify their diet in accordance to the medications. Right. If you're not absorbing fats, then you're also not absorbing vitamins associated to fats a lot of the time, right. um, which are the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, K. So a lot of times those are the side effects of medications, and those are the things I would know. So you're paying for operant conditioning? Yes, you're paying. You know, people do that too with metronidazole. Metronidazole, um, when you drink on it, it produces a really bad reaction. So patients who take metronidazole are not going to drink. <laughs> yeah. So these are things that, yeah, it's not necessarily a direct indication of, the of you know, uh, metronidazole, but it, it can work. Mm. Um, so, so far, things we've talked about that are important is uh, the indications for pharmacologic intervention of BMI. Surgical for my classes, for a pharma is not important, but since you guys didn't do it in GI, I think it's important for you to know um, because you can get questions about that. And so, but definitely pharmacologic BMI interventions is important. Um, mechanism of action of phentermine is important. Side effects of phentermine is important. Um, contraindications of phentermine is important. Uh, mechanism of action and side effects of Orlistat is important. And we're moving on to Lorcaserin. So this medication works on serotonin channels. Um, and being a serotonin agonist, you have to be very careful with patients who are taking Antidepressants. SSRIs. Mm -hmm. We talked about another medication that we have to be careful with SSRIs. Zofran. Zofran. Cool. So any other medication that could potentiate uh, either decreased reuptake of serotonin, leading to increased serum levels of serotonin, or other medications that are serotonin agonist are going to be contraindicated in patients who are taking this medication because it can lead to serotonin syndrome. Um, and you can already see some of the symptoms of serotonin syndrome as uh, adverse effects of medication, like headache, dizziness, fatigue, dry mouth, and all these different side effects. So I would definitely know about the serotonin effects and the contraindications of other medications that could potentiate it due to the risk of serotonin syndrome. This is a uh, topiramate and phentermine combination medication. Uh, phentermine is a medication that's typically used in the management of seizures, and we'll talk about it when we cover neural. Um, huh? That's what I meant, topiramate, sorry. Phentermine is the weight loss, and topiramate is used in management of seizures, sorry. Okay. Um, so the topiramate specifically, the mechanism of action and how it works is not well understood but it helps um, prolong satiety and decrease appetite. So when used in combination with phentermine, you can see how a medication that's going to increase your basal metabolic rate um, and help you lose weight in addition to a medication that's gonna make you feel um, uh, full longer and have decreased appetite can work really well together and synergistically.
to decrease the amount of food you're eating and also increase the, um, your basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories that you burn on a daily basis. So they work well together, but obviously when you combine these two medications, the um, risk for adverse side effects is gonna increase. So you're still gonna have all the same effects of fentramine, um, the tachycardia, elevated blood pressure, and the same contraindications, um, but also you can have increased risk of seizures if you withdraw the topiramary uh, too quickly. So it needs to be tapered um, to avoid the uh, risk of seizures. So it's used to manage seizures, but if you withdraw it too quickly, it can cause seizures. Professor. Yeah. So this medication, since it's according to the BMI, once they reach like a healthier BMI, then you take them off of it? So once patients reach a BMI that is um, below the threshold of treatment, should you stop treatment? It, that's debatable. I mean, theoretically, yes, once they reach the desired BMI. So if you're gonna start treatment, let's say at a BMI of 27, right. um, or let's say they're at 30, and then they reach you know, 27, do you stop the medication? You can, and you can resort to lifestyle modifications. Or you can continue treatment until you get them to a healthy BMI, so a BMI sub 25. Hmm. Um, ideally, you'd want them to be at a normal range BMI before you start discontinuing the medication. And typically you want to kind of taper them off the medications, you want to stop them, okay. and you want to make sure that they've began adequate lifestyle modifications. Um, but all of these things are risk benefit, you know, but obesity is obviously an issue and it can increase your risk of morbidity, but if your patient has other comorbidities that can be affected by these medications, then a lot of times you'd rather just not give them the medication and try to encourage lifestyle modifications and, and hope it works. Mm. Um, but yeah, eventually when you get them to a normal BMI, you'd want to stop the medications because it's, this isn't one of those things where like you need to keep them on this treatment indefinitely. Mm. If they've made the proper modifications and you've already helped them obtain um, you know, a healthy BMI, they can discontinue the medications and stay there okay. if they continue their, their appropriate modifications. Okay. Professor Conception? Yeah. But let's say you take them off the medication and they do, they're stuck on the lifestyle modifications, but at some point they fall back and they get to a super unhealthy BMI. Can you put them back on the same medication and will it have the same effect or yeah. do you need to change treatment? No, you can put them on the same medication and it'll work. Um, it'll work assuming that they put the same amount of effort on the lifestyle modification side that they had previously in, implemented. And you can use the same medication, it's not gonna have decreased efficacy. Um, but then the question becomes, if you're gonna have to continue the medication long term, is that something that you really want to keep the patient on depending on the side effect profile of the medication and the patient's past medical history? It, it's, it's a risk benefit thing. There's no hard and fast rule about how long to keep them on the medication. Um, you know, there's certain medications you don't want to keep them on long-term, like um, fentermine on its own is indicated technically for short-term use, so you don't want to keep them on it for long-term. Um, but it becomes a risk-benefit game um, when it comes to that. There's no specific guideline for when to restart the medication, when to stop the medication. Um, so you really want to get them back to healthy BMI and stop it. If they return, you can try it again, but you don't want to keep these patients on these medications indefinitely. And it also depends on risk factors because if you have like for instance a diabetic patient putting them on something like a GLP which is going to promote weight loss and control their diabetes is good and you can keep them on that medication indefinitely because they need it for their glycemic control so the side effects that they're getting from it potentially is for the indication of diabetes and the indication of obesity mm -hmm. so you're killing two birds with one stone with one medication with one side effect profile 
rather than adding multiple medications. As opposed to a patient who maybe didn't need a GLP-1, now you're adding it, you're doing it for one reason, and it's a reason that usually is controllable with lifestyle modifications in and of itself. Um, so now Trexone and Bupropion, um, these are also, uh, uh, it's a combo medication. Uh, now Trexone, you guys have heard of before, used for what? Oh my gosh, Trexone. It's an opioid antagonist. Oh, yep. isn't it to reverse an opioid overdose? It can, it yes. can, it can impact opioid overdoses, because it's gonna antagonize the opioids, all right? I thought it was naloxone. No, it is naloxone. Naloxone oh, is a, different a reversal for... agent, but naltrexone also works as an opioid antagonist. Okay. So more used for addictive issues than necessarily acute reversal. Oh, like to clean them, clean them up, like yes. if they're in rehab? Yes. Okay. So naltrexone, and then also um, bupropion, which is used as an antidepressant. All right. When used in combo, um, the medications can work to reduce appetite and food cravings. Okay. Um, and the mechanism of action of how that happens is not extremely well understood. Hmm. I'm not going to ask you guys many questions on naltrexone bupropion. I'm not going to ask you guys many questions on fentanyl topiramine um, combination. Uh, liraglutide, you will get questions on. Um, on my exam, you'll definitely get it on the pants, both for diabetes and for obesity. Okay. Um, We've already talked about this medication. It works by... Um, it's a GLP-1 receptor antagonist. GLP-1 uh, GLP receptor, um, it, it's an agonist, agonist, which stimulates indirectly production of insulin, right. which is gonna lower blood glucose levels. It also has the effect of delaying gastric emptying. If you delay gastric emptying, you're going to feel increase full. satiety, so the patients are gonna feel full longer, and the patients are gonna eat less, and through those mechanisms, it exerts its uh, weight loss effects. We talked about the side effects of medication for medullary thyroid carcinoma, and also it's not here, but it is in the diabetes PowerPoint for pancreatitis. Mm. Question, could these medications like increase the risk of like a gastric, uh, delayed gastric emptying disorders? Can it increase the risk of delayed gastric emptying disorders? Uh, GLP-1s, not necessarily. So, I mean, a lot of times these patients are, um, you're talking about like patients who have like gastroparesis and delayed gastric emptying. And this medication is used in patients who are diabetic who have complications like that, and it doesn't cause those issues. Okay. The, the gastric emptying delays are not extremely profound, so it usually doesn't cause issues with that. Okay. GLP ones at least. Uh, so certain populations and patients, um, we already talked about this specifically when we were talking about frentamine, but in patients who has, have cardiovascular disease, you want to avoid agents that are gonna have increased sympathomimetic activity like frentamine, which uh, functions as a norepinephrine agonist. Um, and you prefer to use medications that don't have those side effects. Um, Lorca serine is the one that functions on the serotonin channels. So that medication is okay to use in patients with cardiovascular disease as well as Orlistat, which is a medication we talked about that works by inhibiting absorption of fats in the uh, gastrointestinal tract. So patients who are not responding to treatment, you don't want to keep them on the treatment. So if it's not working, you'd rather stop the medication because all these medications can increase the risk of having adverse effects. So if you're not getting at least a 5% drop in body weight, 
um, within the first three months of treatment, you don't want to keep the patients on the medication um, indefinitely. You can try different medications. You can try to reinforce the lifestyle changes. Um, and in patients who qualify based on DMI, uh, you can also refer for bariatric surgery as needed. All right, guys, and that's it for obesity. All right, super quick. All I need you guys to know is the BMI indications for treatment, the side effects and mechanism action of phentermine and contraindications, as well as for Orlasat, because these two can be tested. Um, serotonin syndrome. And the reglatide, which you already know you need to know anyway because it's in diabetes. That's right. All right? that's it. And then now we're going to do questions and active learning for diabetes. So we're going to start with diabetes because that's where the majority of your questions are coming from. Um, and also probably the most important thing you guys are gonna cover and everything else is kind of easy, like the stuff for thyroid disorders is a little bit easier. So everybody close all their stuff. Not typing or nothing? I just realized I didn't record. LOL. You recorded. Do it again. So everybody close all their stuff. Huh? Yeah, yeah, close all your stuff, turn off your computers. All right, all right. Fair enough. All right. Um, Fair enough. So who can volunteer to be like a, like a scribe or something or like write stuff on a board? Lauren? All right, Lauren, you can do that. What board works best that everybody can kind of see? The one behind you. The one behind you? Right. Do we need this stuff up here? It can go. That was today. Sorry. Did you want it to be there forever? No. We've already got pictures. Huh? I, I hit record on my phone. Hit record on my phone. I had it there too. I opened it and everything, and I was like, oh, I'm going to hit it before I start. Yeah. I missed maybe like the first three slides. Oh, I missed maybe like the first three slides, and then I got recorded because I realized Lauren. I was like, oh man, I might not have done it, so. Do I have time to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna run.
Same spot. On Panopto? Yeah, I can put them up on Panopto and I put them on the podcast afterwards. You have a podcast? Yeah, for Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Which oil? I'm on podcast? Yep, you and Joe Rogan, baby. Alright, guys, so volunteers? For what type of Don't worry about it. If I volunteer, <laughs> do I get an easy one? Alright, Danny, come up here. Alright, go, Danny, go. No, wait, we, we, we have a scribe, I forgot it. I planned this out before, but I forgot. So I need you to tell me. Um, what he's gonna tell what he's gonna tell you. So tell me uh, classes of diabetes medication. Name one. Whoa. <laughs> tell me a class. The GT. The GLP one inhibitor, like the buoy laundry pods, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So Danny, pick somebody else in the class. Oh. Quick. quick. Andre, Andre's like, I know the classes. <laughs> Andre's like, I volunteer's tribute. Quick, though. Quick. Don't make it personal, man. Guys, it's not that big of a deal. Personal. I got it. I got it. So I need you to tell me what the suffix is in the GOP1s that you would know that that medication is the GOP1. <gasps> Nobody else. Let's go. Laundry pods, so tights. So pick somebody. Quick, go quick. Okay, so Melissa, um, I need you to tell me um, the two major adverse effects of the medication. Oh, is that the pancreatitis? Pancreatitis and medullary thyroid carcinoma. Let's go, man. How many adverse effects do Pancreatitis, uh, imaginary thyroid cancer. Pick somebody. Melissa, what you got? I've been told Michael. Or you can abbreviate it of the enzyme that breaks down GOP1. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's completely wrong. Wow. 
that was funny. That was good. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but I got it. I'm going to put that at the end. He said, I'll pick it. Don't do that. Does anybody know? DPB4, dipeptidyl peptidase. Um, not only is that an enzyme, but that's also a drug class. another drug class, right? And we can't put them together. And you can't put them together. So side effects and everything for both medications are essentially the same for the most part. They both, they both kind of work the same, right? Because the GLPs stimulate what? Insulin secretion. Insulin secretion through the what effect? The incretin effect, right? And DPP4 breaks down GLP, so if you inhibit it, you are allowing your body's GLP to do its thing better than it was before. Because it's no longer being broken down. Right? Okay. Um, all right, so Michael, pick somebody. Oh, it has a G and it has I in it? No. 
I think that's the dip in. You're thinking of the glyptins. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of all the, the individual medications in the class. Let me check. Wait, wait, wait. Is the DPP-4 one of the classes too? Yeah, DPP-4 Okay, the class. that's the one that's dip and glide. That's dip and glide, yeah. which all of them end in glide. Yeah. yeah. So hold on, wait, let me just check. So saponoureas, I mean, you're not wrong because you have glyburide, glipizide, and glimepiride. So they all do have glide in it, technically. <laughs> so you can remember it by glide if you take the first two letters and then add the suffix, or you just remember it by I. I do I, but um, I'd so yes, rather so remember your that. I. Um, so who answered that? Uh, yeah, pick somebody. Louis. All right, Louis. So Louis, what is what is the biggest problem with the sulfonylureas? Hypoglycemia. Hypoglycemia. Cool. Right. You have to be careful and what. You have to be careful with people who are like. <laughs> Absolutely. Elderly patients, patients who have higher risk of hypoglycemia. Um, but the medication's good because it's. directly stimulates the secretion of glucose. Guy, he just gave me the mechanism of action, which was not what I was asking oh. for. But it's good because it's cheap. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people are on it, because it's cheap, right? So careful on elderly, and its mechanism of action is it stimulates uh, directly insulin, stimulates insulin secretion. And the cheek. Directly stimulates, right? Directly? What's another problem with this medication? I know. Causes weight gain. It causes weight gain. Oh. Uh, GLP1s, what do they do to weight? Weight loss. Weight loss. Weight gain? Weight arrow down. There you go. Take somebody. Out of girl. Ray. All right, Ray, I need another drug class. Uh, DPP4 inhibitors. Okay, we got DPP4s up there, yeah. so since it's already up there, I need you to give me how you identify the medications in there. What's the... Uh, the suffix? Glyptin. Glyptins. Cytogliptin, all the glyptins, right? So identify it by glyptins. We're not gonna dive into those because they're very, very, very closely related to GOPs, which we've already beaten over the head. Um, so Ray, pick some money. Okay, uh, let's see here. Daily. Who? Daily. All right. Daily, what do you got? Give me another class. <laughs> Insulin. That was an easy one, right? Nailed it. <laughs> All right. But because it was so easy, um, what can I ask you about insulin? Uh, what happens if you inject insulin in the same site too many times? Do you have necrosis? The fat actually. Um, when would you start a patient on insulin? What are indications for insulin? Not necessarily, because insulin resistant patients, the first time medication for that is what? Metformin. So when would you put them on insulin specifically? Type 1 diabetic. Type 1 diabetic, yes, that's true. Or what else? What if they're not type 1? What if they're type 2? What's the indication for type 2? How do you classify severe hyperglycemia? Are we talking ADA or are we talking ACE? <laughs> We're talking ACE. Multiple same site injections. Who has an answer? Robert! It's A1C greater than 9, right? So A1C greater than 9? 
and symptomatic. You do it. All right, but that's the criteria we're going to use. Because I think the other one was rated in 10. And symptomatic. And symptomatic. I think the other guidelines were at 10. Let me double check. Yeah, the, the ADA guidelines was greater than 10. So, but we're going to go with the greater than 9 and symptomatic. What was the 6.5 and 7? 6.5 is what? <laughs> For healthy, healthy individuals. Young, young, not young, healthy. So 6.5, number one, is the diagnostic level yep. for diabetes. Mm -hmm. right? What's the normal A1C? 5.7. 5 5.5 is a pretty good number too, right? So 5.7. Um, so 6.5 is the diagnosis. Right. And also the goal of treatment in young, young healthy young, people, young healthy patients. if they have risk of hypoglycemia, or elderly, seven. then less than seven is your A1C goal, right? Right. All right, cool. Um, all right, that's a good amount about insulin. I don't want to go too crazy with insulin. So, Daliana, I think somebody else. Sorry, I know I actually don't really We can go with Michelle. No. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, easy target. No. Yeah. Easy. 100%. Yeah. No, she picked one. You picked somebody else? Andrea. All right, fine. I'll bring the Celsius. Andrea, what do you got? Give me another drug class. Is it the SGLT? Yes. Yeah. Good. All right. So pick somebody. Uh, Emily. Who? Emily? You guys just threw each other under the bus. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Emily. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you, how would you identify these medications? What's the suffix that would get you this answer? No. What do you got? Tied is a gooey laundry no, box. I, said, not I know you said not tied. Oh, but st you're saying that because somebody said tied. Oh. And they need to know. Frozen? Frozen? Yes. Oh, you gave her the answer? Nah, look at Full circle. Full circle. That, that one bus just did a whole circle. Yeah. No, I just put it in and then got hit by the bus. <laughs> so guys, flozins. Uh, so flozins. How do they work? What does it do? Prevents reabsorption. Prevents reabsorption. The glucose flows in the toilet. Mm -hmm. All right. So Emily, we got. Wait. Farid. Farid. Hi, Farid. Uh, tell me a common side effect associated with this medication. <coughs> I told you guys specifically about one adverse reaction because there's so much glucose pouring through the urine. Yeah. Yo, this is for read time though. <laughs> but yes, we're on. So, what is a benefit of the SGLT2? The main benefit we talked about. So, I mean, you remove fluids. 
You remove fluids, so it's beneficial for patients with cardiovascular risk factors. Specifically, which medication in the class does that? Which flows in? Anybody got it? Let's start with an R. Starts with an E. E flows in. Paglifloes. Which was the GOP one that we talked about? L-type. It starts with an L. Lancretide. 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 Roll tide. Anagratide. Is it no type? No I stand for Tua. Not saving, but Tua. <laughs> so, guys, liraglutide. Uh, yeah, liraglutide. GLP-1's cardio, cardiovascular benefits. Good for cardiovascular patients, cardiovascular issues. Um, SGLT-2's and pagliflozin, good. We talked about... Oh, free pick somebody. Yes. Who you got? If free, like, whoa, I need to throw one. Okay, Georgia. We talked about we talked about a SGLT2 that you don't want to give because it has a bunch of adverse side effects. Which one was that one? It starts with an R. It starts with a C. Okay. <laughs> what was the question? It's the SGLT2 that has a that has more adverse effects, and we try not to give it if we don't have to. And then I'm gonna ask you what those effects are. Okay. We are missing one. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're still not there yet. Anybody? Canagla flows in. Now I said yes, canagla flows in. Right? And what was the problem with the medication? Huh? Anybody? Cancer, right? Wasn't it severe hypoglycemic events? No. Necrosis, amputation. Oh, that's right. Amputation. All right. And and increased risk of, of fractures. Fractures. All right. All right. We're still missing drug classes. So Georgia, who you got? I'll go. You go again? Give me a drug class. Metformin. Wait, wait. That's the drug. What's the class? It's the only one in the team. Pygonites. So pick somebody. Naja. Oh my word. She picked Naja? Yeah. All right, Naja. So what do you got for metformin? What's the most feared, significant, adverse effect of the drug? So that's the most common side effect of the drug. She said, uh, like, GI upset, GI symptoms. Do you stop the medication for these symptoms? No. no. Oh, let's say, like, last for, like, a really long time, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Lactic acidosis. Oh, there we go. Good job. All right. Who you got? They're both, they're both adverse effects or side effects. Lactic acidosis is more concerning, GI symptoms are more common. So who's going? Was it Andre? No? Yes. <laughs> 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 you got it. Does anybody want to go? 
Amen. Andre's got some suggestions. Guys, want to pick somebody? He's taking out a list. Miss Marty. I need a. I'm trying to think for a minute, four minutes, we got. Any other things we got? Closing race. So, what kind of patients? What kind of patients are you going to are going to be at risk of lactic acidosis that you need to be super careful? if you're giving metformin to. Because lactic acidosis is not common, but there's patients who are at high risk and you want to avoid giving the medication to them because of this. People with renal failure, well, okay. Any renal. Well, yeah, another really important one. Liver failure is good, but that's not what I'm looking for. Anybody? What's the question? Huh? Not what I'm looking for. Is it even? Is it B12 deficiency? No. All these things can increase your risk of lactic acidosis. There's one really big one that you guys aren't saying that you should like. You should be like, bam. Chemolytic No. Sepsis is really good, but no. But yeah, infections can increase your risk of lactic acidosis. What else? Oh. Um. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's not a condition, it's something that people do that will increase the risk. You need to stop the medication before you do this thing. Contrast? Iodine contrast? So patients who are undergoing any kind of contrast treatment or study. Okay. Okay. Who do you got? That's why he's reinforcing. <laughs> All right, you got Jose. Go get him. All right, Jose. You have a patient. You have a patient who's going to undergo a test that requires contrast. So you stop metformin. The procedure's done. When can the patient restart metformin? 48 hours out. Yes. 48 hours out. Two days later. All right, Michelle gave me a good answer, which was 48 hours later. But 48 hours later, after you check their glucose level, kidney function, and make sure that their GFR. So you check you check their GFR, and if it's good after 48 hours, they can restart again. You should know the levels of GFR. So when when is it contraindicated? Less than thirty. Less than thirty. It says caution than thirty to forty five as well. So if it's thirty to forty five is caution, then good would be forty five plus. Forty five plus. All right. So Michelle, since you answered the question, I want to pick somebody. Oh, I gotta pick. <laughs> She's like that. Has Thompson gone already? No. Nope. Thompson's ready. Thompson's ready. Look at him. He's ready. Thompson's ready. Nonchalantly sitting down. We need another class. I'm ready to retire. 
Dolphins are getting sued. Yep. The Dolphins still lose. <laughs> the day that he retires. Cy Barley would the greatest name for the Dolphins legacy. We'll get a new owner. A new owner, yeah. Yes. Alright, Tom Brady buys the team. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the Dolphins were trying to get Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah. We, we would have ruined him. We would have ruined him. We would have ruined him, bro. He, he, he'd retire after the first game. He, we would have ruined him. First game, retired. It was over. All right, right. Yep. Oh, All right, sorry, sorry, my bad, my bad. Sorry. Um, so, Tyson, we need another class of medication. Which one? Oh, somebody just dropped one over here. Alpha glucosidase. Wait, why are you erasing it? Relax, relax. We're fine, we're fine. It's okay. It's okay. Alpha glucosidase inhibitors. Can somebody give me the name of the medication in the class we're worried about? A carbos. A carbos. How does the medication work? It doesn't let you break down and absorb carbs. So it has major GI side effects. So it has major GI side effects. That's why it's not. And that's everything you'll ever need to know about the medication. In like 10 seconds. All right. Um, time to pick somebody else. Oh, that was alpha glucosidase inhibitors. Alpha. Si. All right. Give me a class that we have not talked about. Is it Nate or sedase? Days. Days. Today. What's the class? D-A-S-E. Does anybody have any other classes? No. Inhibitor. D-A-D stands for what? Diazole lignin diones. Those also... So the diazole diones, it's actually not great for patients with heart failure. So, what's the name of the medications in the class? The glitazones. The glitazones, right? Because diazo and we got glitazones, right? So, this is what I got. That's this one. Right. That's what I got. That's what I got. All right. So, yeah, no, I just I wanted to confirm. It causes. It causes weight, what? Fluid retention and it's bad for CHS. Yeah. Right. But it has, um, we didn't talk about it, but it's in the chart that it has potential reduction of stroke risk. But that's not a super commonly tested topic. Gracie, you want to pick somebody? What's nice that? Oh All right, Max. So we got the diazolidiones, uh, such as the glitazones. I need you to tell me how the medication works. Like, what is it? What are the effects that it has to weight gain? It does cause weight gain. So I think it stimulates the 
We only talked about a couple medications that stimulate insane. Sorry, sorry. One of it, you started a whole new sidebar. So, no, the medication does not stimulate insulin secretion. It decreases insulin resistance. Yes, it decreases insulin resistance. Okay? And increases or increases sensitivity, which is the same thing as decreasing resistance. Right. But which medications secrete insulin? Uh, Sulfonylurea. And then uh, there's one more. Yeah. The and the glenanidides. Yes, the ones that had the glenides in it, right? That one. Okay, so those are the two medications that directly stimulate insulin secretion. Sulfonylureas and the maglitinides. And there's the other medication we talked about that indirectly stimulate insulin through the incretin effect, which was GLP-1 and the DPP-4. So, Max, back to you. So, tell me, we already know the mechanism of action now. Tell me, we kind of covered most of the things about the medication. So, there was one specific, within this class, there was one specific medication that carried a risk of cardiovascular death. Which medication was that? Anybody got it? Rosie? Yo, Rosie will break your heart. That's good. I like that. Rosie gives on. Rosie gives on. All right. Wow, right. And then we had one that had a risk of bladder cancer. The P. The P one, right? Because peeing is what you do with your bladder. P-O-glitazone. Get you that bladder cancer. I just came up with both those right now. Yes. You're spitting right now, man. Crap. And I'm not caffeinated. You know what? It's all that water I'm drinking. There you go. Hydrated. What is the brand name? I have no idea. Do you know? Actos. Guys, the brand name? Exactly. Mariana just paint me in my own lecture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when Mariana goes on the exam and it's only generics. <laughs> 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 Jokes on you, that's the goal. <laughs> Boom, learning. <laughs> All right, who answered the last one? Huh? Max, Max, who you got? Who answered the goal? Well, you got to Thomas said, nope. Krista. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're going to go down the line. Right? I think we covered almost every class. Uh, yes, 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 we did. All right, cool. So we're going to go down the line. We're going to start with Krista. I'm going to give you a medication. Right? And you're gonna tell me if it causes weight gain, weight loss, or if it's weight neutral. Okay. All right? So let's start with um, let's start with metformin. 
loss. Weight loss. That is correct. Let's go, Krista. One of the only medications in diabetes that has an indication specifically for obesity. Obesity. Dang. <laughs> that was like a double, a double, a double end. All right, Mike, what you got? <laughs> and, and you, you heard the ones you got. What you got? Look. Alrighty, SGLT2s. Loss, gain, or neutral? A name of, of the SGLT2s? And Pagliflozin. You are correct. Hey! Flozin. Alright, who you got, Ellie? All right, all right. Rafa's been like voluntarily just answering all the questions, <laughs> but now you gotta do it on purpose. <laughs> so, DPP force. No, Neutral. Neutral. Clean. Uh, alpha. I have a question about that. Why? I don't know. Is it not weight loss? I think we're just. What's the scene? Because this chart, because this chart has it under weight neutral. So, no, but seriously, if, if I had to take a guess at that, and I don't know the exact answer. So, yes, it has a similar effect of GLP-1s, but you're not, when you're injecting GLP-1s, you're getting a very high dose and high concentration of versus the GLP-1 versus just letting your natural GLP do its effect. So, if you had more of your, you know, if you had an excess of GLP, it's going to contribute to weight loss. If you're just helping your endogenous GLP, it's not going to have the same extent. That would be my thought process behind it, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, what about, I'm going to ask you one, <clears throat> one more. Uh, alpha glucosidase inhibitors, weight loss, neutral, or gain? I'm passing it off or I'm answering again? No, you're answering that one again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that one, it's card. That's a very good thought process. That's wrong. Is it weight gain? Weight neutral. Oh, it's weight neutral. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. But you don't need to know that. They'll never ask you that. So don't worry. Because they never ask you that. About they only ask you about the mechanism. Of the okay. So who you got? I think something. Yeah. <laughs> this is my city, Georgie. Georgie. So, Georgie, uh, TZDs. Weight loss? Weight gain. Fluid <laughs> retention. Weight gain. Don't give to people with CHF. Right. All right? But it helps with seizures. It helps with what? Isn't that the one that helps with seizures? 
TCDs? You said one of them helps besieges, but that is contraindicated for C and like parties. No, I think you're talking about from the obesity lecture. Yeah. The topiramine. Yeah. It starts coming all together. Georgie, who you got? Danny. Uh, Sofano Urea. <laughs> Sofano Ureas. Loss, gain, or neutral? Gain. Gain. I didn't tell him. I know, I know he got it. You know what he also has? A nasty mid range jumper. Bro. Oh. 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 He's still recovering. still recovering. Um, Alright, let's see. <laughs> We've pretty much gotten all the medications, so we're gonna do the same thing, but we're gonna talk about. Eh, actually, no, the weight is kind of the. So pick pick somebody. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Jake. Oh, oh, that was Wait, Jay is Jose, right? Yeah. Again? Well, he didn't actually go. You did it? No, Michelle. Michelle answered. Oh, you went already? Oh, that's right. No, Michelle answered. Oh, good. All right. Jay. Give me two medications. Nice. It was pretty good. Give me, give me two medications that have a high risk of hypoglycemia. Uh, okay. Of hypoglycemia? Yeah. Steroids, prednisone? No. Anti-diabetic medications that have a high risk of hypoglycemia. Is it, okay. Steroids will give you hyperglycemia. Metformin? Nope, metformin's good because it doesn't cause a lot of hypoglycemia. Uh, All right? Is it the DBP4s and uh, GLP? GLPs and DBP4s have low risk of hypoglycemia. Oh, so yeah. Cool. Liam? Sulfonylureas and insulin? Yes. Hypoglycemia. None of these medications are going to give you hyperglycemia. Right. Because they're all used to treat hypoglycemia. That's right. That was an obvious question. Like the insulin All right. So, yeah. they have like a mild risk of hypoglycemia. They also work on it. Oh, that's, you know what? You're knowing this because you're remembering the whole thing about anything with insulin. Yes. Yeah, so anything that directly produces insulin secretion or insulin itself causes hypoglycemia. So yes, sulfonylureas work by direct secretion of insulin, maglinides work by direct secretion of insulin, and insulin is insulin. Right. And all three of them have a high risk or, mild or moderate risk of hypoglycemia. Yeah. So, facts. Maglinides, which are the ones that end in glenide. Sulfonylureas, which end in I. And insulin. <laughs> you can give them together? No, no, I'm just saying. Those are the two main ones. Those are the two main ones. Because the McLean knives, they don't really test you on them too often, to be honest. And I'm probably not going to either. But you should know them because I have seen them come up on pants questions. 
not often. All right, so. All right, who, who just, who you got? Yeah. Oh, me. I've been standing for a while. Let's go with Ken. Who? Candelaria. Oh, Ken. <laughs> I thought you said Kelly. I was like, who's Kelly? <laughs> right? It sounded like Kelly. All right. Candelaria. So, you're going to get a, like a vignette. All right. Are you ready? All right. Everybody, quiet down. So, you have a patient, a, let's say, a... 35-year-old patient who presents with symptoms of diabetes, which are what? The three P's. Okay, this is this is Candelaria's time. Polyuria? Polydipsia and polyphagia. Awesome. So they present with those symptoms. And they come to your office and you order a test in order to try to see if they're diabetic or not. What test do you want to order? A1C is perfect. Um, what A1C would tell you that they are diabetic? Like the percentage? Over 6.5. And what would tell you that they're normal? Just below what? So normal is not below 6.5. Below 6.5 is um, impaired glucose tolerance or pre-diabetes. 5.7. All right? So below 5.7 will be completely normal. So let's say that theirs is... Seven. What would be your first line treatment for that patient? Metformin? Good. So somebody said lifestyle modifications. Lifestyle modifications is fine in pre-diabetic patients. In a patient who's diabetic, you're going to do lifestyle modifications and you're going to initiate therapy with metformin. All right? Okay. So, Candy, let's say this patient is A1C 8.5. What treatment would you put them on at that point? You are at maximally tolerated dose. It's two grams to be specific. You're gonna stop metformin and start sulfonylureas? You're gonna add, you're gonna do dual therapy. Okay, when would you add a third agent? If they're not responding to that dual therapy. For how long? Three months. Yeah, you're killing this. Good job, Ken. Yeah, I just wanna keep going because you're doing so good. Um, so when, when would you start them on insulin? You would, so if you gave them a metformin, if they're at 8.0 and they have metformin and sulfonylurea and they're not responding, you start them on insulin? So you can first, before you do that, you want to try triple therapy. So before insulin, you try triple therapy. Okay? 
or if the patient's A1C is greater than nine, greater than nine and they have symptoms. Yeah. If it's greater than nine and they don't have symptoms, you do what? You do dual or triple therapy. Mm -hmm. You start them straight on dual or triple therapy. So that was awesome, by the way. So, yes. Um, yeah. And I think I already do anything else with this. Go over that chart really well. Mm -hmm. What A1C goals will lead you to where, how often to reassess, and then know the agents really well because if I give you a patient who has a history of heart failure and you say, I'm just gonna add the TZD, it's gonna be an issue. Or if I give you a patient with cardiovascular issues and you don't pick a GLP or or empagliflozin, then we're gonna have an issue. And if I tell you the patient is high risk of hypoglycemia and you give them I give them insulin or I give them yeah. sulfonylureas or insulin. Well, insulin sometimes you gotta do it, but sulfonylureas when you have options, right? That's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So that's pretty much it for diabetes. My second agent from all this is GLP-1. Because of the weight loss effects. Is that like what's used nowadays, or is there a better second agent? Most people will do metformin, and after metformin, we'll either do a GLP or empagliflozin. So the or empagliflozin will be the next option, almost always. Unless cost is a problem, in which case they'll be on sulfonylurea. Or unless you just don't tolerate the medication. Or unless you have a history of mentally thyroid carcinoma. Or unless you develop pancreatitis. Oh <laughs> if you know all the side effects and contraindications, you're going to be good to go. If you don't, it's going to be rough. Right? So we just recovered all the diabetes. I know you guys weren't paying attention the first time. But you know what? I'm, I was very impressed and surprised. I feel like you guys... Um, we redeemed ourselves. You redeemed yourself. Totally redeemed yourself. I think maybe you were just tired. <laughs> so, free candy in honor of diabetes. <laughs> uh, let's go. Yeah, that's the acarbose. Acarbose. A carbose. You guys want to go over thyroid and parathyroid? Car. B O S E. All right, we're going to do it. This man said T4 or cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> All right, guys, settle down. So, hypothyroidism. Um, you just answered, so you pick the I can pick. I'm not going to do it because I don't want those problems in ping pong later. I'm going to go with Nicole. Yeah, she's had a rough day. Look at her face. She's just not. She's not, yeah. she's not with her today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You had a rough day? I'm sorry. She had Santos, man. She had Santos? Was that rough? It was rough? No, just, just, just passed out of hunger. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to do one question. Hypoglycemia. So, so, Nicole, what's the most common cause of hypothyroidism? Don't tell, and nobody tell her. She's got this. Her face. Hypo, hy, hypothyroidism. You got this, Nicole. What is it? What is it? 
For it. I just remember it's autoimmune. Um, is it TPO? Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Second part to that question, I just thought of that one like in the middle, but the actual question was what would be that patient's uh, T4 and TSH levels? Ooh. Um, for Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. They've got hypothyroidism, so their T4 is going to be low. T4 is low, yes. Um, it's autoimmune, so I'm assuming their TSH level is going to be low as well. So if it's autoimmune, it means that the problem is it's in the high. It's uh, if it's autoimmune, it means the problems in the thyroid. So the problems in the thyroid. So the TSH is going to be fine. So TSH is going to be fine. It's going to be elevated, right. trying to compensate for the low thyroid level. That's right. TSH is yeah. going to be high. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. All right, Ray, who you got? Ooh, these are the easy ones. Oh, let's go with my president, Miss Claudia. Claudia. <laughs> one, of my, one of my advisees that likes to listen to me. Right. Oh. Um, oh, Nicole F. <laughs> Like that, the noise canceling wasn't even enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, go easy. So, but then she's gonna take the test and kill it anyway. So yeah, let's go. Right? Um, yeah. So. Have you heard see. the new Adele song? Go easy. <laughs> I haven't heard her song. Oh, oh wow. Well, there's a song that, says, that she says, "Go easy on me." Okay. That's- Is that Nicole's oh. theme song? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing the hits, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, all, it's recorded. It's on the podcast. It's fine. So, <laughs> so if, how would you? Um, what symptoms would you expect in this patient? Is that it? No. But the next one's even easier than that. What symptoms? Okay. So everything low. So I would say. I wouldn't say um, everything low. Okay. But most things are low. I would say they uh, low metabolic rate. Okay. Uh, low heart rate. Bradycardia. And then um, it's difficult to to lose weight, so they are weight gain. gain weight gain. Um, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Cold intolerance. Oh, no. She gave me. Sorry, she gave me that one. Sorry. <laughs> um. What about their like? Uh, 
Oh, yeah. oh they have delayed um, Achilles reflux? Delayed relaxation of the Relaxation, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. These are the most important ones. Right. Um, and then how would you treat them? By just giving them the T4, which is um, levothyroxine. Levothyroxine. All right, let's go. All right, if you give them levothyroxine, what are you monitoring in order to determine the efficacy of the treatment? T4? No. You don't monitor T4, you monitor what? Um, oh, um, is it the TSH levels? Yeah, to make yeah. sure they're going down? To make sure that they are going down. 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 Awesome. So, Claudia, who you got? Go get him, Claudia. I'll go with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, but we didn't cover this yesterday. Yeah, no, we covered how. Uh, <laughs> we didn't claim med, but we did, we did farm before. We're going to farm now. Oh, I, well, that was, that's just Claudia. That was like, that was me messing with Claudia. But I'm going to do just one. Because you weren't here yesterday. Um, so if you have a patient with hyperthyroidism, um, what are two oral medications that you can give that will lower their levels of thyroid hormone? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna request help. Who you got? <laughs> Mohammed. All right, guys, Mohammed. Methimazole or PTU? Fantastic. Mohammed, pick somebody. Yeah. Who? Rocio. <laughs> All right, Rocio. So, when would you prefer methimazole and when would you prefer PTU? PTU is for pregnant women, methimazole for everybody else. Cool. Pregnant women specifically? First trimester. Well, I said I'm not going to test you on it, but. Just in case, first trimester. <laughs> All right, Crocio, what's the, for hyper and hypothyroidism, what are the most feared complications if they're untreated or at their worst stage? For hypo, it's like mixedema. Mixedema crisis for hypo? And thyroid storm. And thyroid storm for Yes, you also use PTU and thyroid storm. Will that be tested? Because it, yeah, it's hundred percent gonna be tested. Because it decreases the peripheral conversion to T3, so acutely it's preferred also. Pregnancy and thyroid storm. Yep. Um, yes. And Rocio, who you got? Moran. Moran. Oh. She knew what she was waiting for. Moran. She has been. She's been killing <laughs> So, Maram, what do you give, what medication can you give, not to lower the thyroid levels, but to help with symptoms in patients with hyperthyroidism? Propanolol. Yes. Ooh. Let's go. Yeah. I don't, I don't take it because seriously. Thank you. Thank you all for helping. All right. So, we're going to go. Uh, oh, Maram, who you got? 
Hypercalcemia and breakdown of bones can lead to pathologic fractures if untreated. Hyperparathyroidism. Let's go, Angie. Let's go. Rainbow. Angie, you got it. have hyperparathyroidism, there's a medication that you can give them um, that's going to trick the body into thinking that there's more calcium than there really is, oh, man. so that it'll stop producing so much parathyroid hormone. What medication is that? What? Not calcitonin. Senecalcium. Yeah, yeah. Senecalcium. 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 Nobody wants to go. <laughs> All right, Fareed's going to go. Fareed's so always Fareed, done. There is a medication for patients with hypothyroidism that's going to help. <laughs> bro, that, that, that was like his ping pong shot, bro. That was his ping pong shot. This man he takes me out in ping pong and he takes me out in ping pong. That's right. So the question was, guys, the question was for patients with hypoparathyroidism, this medication is going to act as uh, vitamin D to simulate the absorption of calcium to treat hypoparathyroidism. Nice. And the medication was calcium. Hey, now, here, and I'll start. Game on. All right, so that's pretty much... That's pretty much it for thyroid and parathyroid, for the most part. And then we have pituitary and adrenal. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> you guys are done? No, 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 no. Come on. 
Alright guys, so this, this is actually really short. So let's get through it quick. Uh, Free, who you got? Lorena. Alright, let's go Lorena! Alright, Lorena. Alright, Lorena, this... Which medication is a synthetic form of antidiuretic hormone? Oh. What do you got? Desmopressin. Desmopressin. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Rona, who you got? Who you got? George <laughs> Campbell again. Andre? Andre? Okay. Andre. 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 All right, Andre. <laughs> what what is what do you know about Desmopressin? Very broad question, I know. Antidiuretic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's antidiuretic hormone, and used in the treatment of diabetes insipidus. Diabetes Okay, let's go. If you, give, if you give a patient that medication, and guys, this is just for Andre. If you give a patient Desmopressin, and the, because they're having what symptoms are they going to be having that's going to make you think they have diabetes insipidus? Uh, this is for Andre. Huh? They're gonna be thirsty. Polyuria. That's good right there. So if they have those symptoms and you give them Desmopressin and they still have those symptoms, why do you think that would be if they do have that disease? Uh, nephrogenic. Yeah, it's nephrogenic. All right, good. 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 All right, Andre, who you got? Got that. Daniela has been gone. Oh. That's a shark, man. She's got She's this. She's not my wife anymore, but she was many moons ago. <laughs> what was that? It's an did, I, did I make a good joke? That I didn't know I made it. No. It's an Oh, there she is. <laughs> Welcome back, Nicole. <laughs> we were talking about you while you were gone. Wait, she came back like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, she's coming back. <laughs> What'd you say? I said some mean stuff. <laughs> uh, Daniela, so this medication is a synthetic form of somatostatins. What is it? You can phone a friend, but you can't ask them if they know and you gotta pick them beforehand. I said you could phone a friend, but don't ask them if they know beforehand and you just gotta pick them. Okay, Mohammed. Call Mohammed. Mohammed, you're the phone a friend. You gotta stop knowing stuff. So IGF-1 is the indirect marker we use to measure growth, growth hormone. hormone. So, but there's a medication that we give that's a synthetic form of somatostatin. Three of them. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Huh? Yes. It's going to affect IGF-1. It's going to lower IGF-1 levels and growth hormone, but the medication is untreated. So, Thompson, when, when would you consider using that medication? Ooh. The patient has what? 
Like what? Okay, cool. So acromegaly, which is a problem with excess secretion of growth hormone in adults, right? Right. In peds, it would be. So octreotide will help suppress the levels of growth hormone and help with symptoms. But typically, the definitive treatment is surgery. Is this why it's used for carcinoid tumors too? Yes. It inhibits the, the vasoactive uh, like peptides that are secreted in the. Yeah. It's also used for esophageal varices, though. Like what's? Okay. But like, because it decreases the gastric like motility and it, I think it's. Oh, because it's so metastatic. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Murphy. Murphy sign. You have been chosen. Thompson chosen. It's just business, though. It's not personal. It's not personal. Hold on, I'm trying to think. All right, cool. Um, so patients who have adrenal insufficiency, um, that is primary adrenal insufficiency, need to be treated with what medications? Yes, and? And mineral? Yes. So glucocorticoids and mineral corticoids. So hydrocortisone and fludrocortisone. Mm -hmm. Okay, if it's a secondary cause, they just need? They just need the hydrocortisone. They just need glucocorticoids. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah it, was it was chronic for the, it was chronic for the fludrocortisone. For the two, the dual yeah, therapy. chronic for dual. Even right. if it was acute crisis, you just need one. You just need one. For chronic, it's the dual therapy. For acute, it's just cortisone. Acute, for acute, ad adrenal. The one with the one? The one with the one? The one with the one with the one Oh yeah, y'all wanna have another class? Oh yeah.